Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast with our senior pastor, Ben Martinez. Don't forget to check out our website at calvarychapellubbock.church. There you'll find a lot more about our mission to love God, love people, and live radically. Now here's Pastor Ben. Church, as we come to chapter 13, remember what we've learned. You go, what's that? From chapters 11 and 12, Matthew, really what he does is he's collected a group of stories, okay, specifically in this area, and they're stories on how people are responding to Jesus and his message. Okay, he's come on the scene, Matthew has taught them, and he said, okay, now remember, this is a continuation of the Old Testament, Jesus is coming in, he is Emmanuel, he is God with us, and so this is their response. Now, what we have learned as people hear the message of Christ, we see that the message, they go, they're very positive. They're like, yes, yes, Uh, and, and they love Jesus, and they follow Jesus, and they accept him, and the message they hear is positive. Now, I want you to think just a moment. When you first got saved, or before you got saved, maybe you heard the message over and over, and you were not positive. You were like, oh, I don't know. I was. I remember when I first heard the gospel, I was like, nah, that can't be true. I'm going to stick to my religion. But a lot of people here, they said yes. But another response, guys, is that it was neutral. It was neutral. Okay, they they weren't like yes or no. It was it was well, it was neutral, much like John the Baptist. Do you guys remember John the Baptist? Okay, we talked about him a few weeks ago, and and John, after being in prison for a year, was like, hey, 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 is is go go ask him if he's the one, or should we look for another? Because he 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 didn't know he was okay. Okay, and and I love John the Baptist, and I'll tell you why. Because that showed me that although he pointed out earlier that there's the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, now he's in prison, he's in a major trial and tribulation, and and somehow he, there's doubt. There's doubt. And sometimes in my life, and if you're honest, you've been walking with Jesus a long time, and sometimes doubt can get in your heart and create a, oh, oh, it's a it didn't mean he didn't believe. There was just some doubt. He was a little neutral. And of course, here's what we learned. We also learned that many were negative. Negative. Okay? Israel's leaders had in, were, that basically are entirely negative. These are the people should have, that should have went, it's him. It's him. The, this is who the Pentateuch talks about. This is, it's Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, yeah, Yahshua, come here, here. Where were you born? Bethlehem? No way! That's what they should have done. And they didn't. They, they rejected Jesus altogether. Why? Because right now they think he's a false teacher. He's leading people astray. They think he's blasphemous in the exalted claims that he's making about himself. Those are the three. You've got positive, you've got neutral, and you've got negative. Very same responses today. When you tell people about Jesus, when you share your faith, you can see they're either excited, wow, wow, or they're like, huh, really? 
Or you can even see anger when you talk about a God and, and they're rejecting, rejecting the Lord. Now, today we're going to change, um, just change direction just a bit. Today we're going to tackle via a parable the heart of four types of people in the world. Four types. Now, here's what I thought. When I started looking at these four types, I thought maybe these, there's the four types are actually in this church. Or maybe their four types are actually online via our live stream. Or maybe as, as somebody clicks on the podcast throughout the whole world and you realize that our podcast goes out through the whole world. It blows my mind. But you gotta also remember too, the teaching, the radio ministry is in, in entirely affecting all the United States. We're on 60 radio stations that the word of God is going out. Now it's not only me. But there's, it's the Word of God. And I wonder if there are these four types of people. But, 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 before we jump into our text, I've got to set the stage. Okay? Think about this. Jesus right now has had a very long day fighting with the religious leaders. Okay? If you recall, they were very, very negative towards Christ. They accuse him, do you guys remember this? They accuse him of casting out demons by Satan. Which leads to a very sobering teaching from Jesus. Why? Because he comes and he says, hey, I need to warn you. He warns us that blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is the only sin that will not be forgiven. And it was very sobering. Now, let me just say this, okay? At Calvary Chapel, we do expository Bible teaching expository Bible teaching. You go, what does that mean? We expose what's in the word. That's what this is, the exegetically pulling out the text. Now, there's some advantages to expository Bible teaching, and there's some disadvantages to expository Bible teaching. You go, there is? Yeah, what's the advantage? The advantage to expository Bible teaching is you get the whole counsel of God. The disadvantage to expository Bible teaching is you get the whole counsel of God. And you go, oh, there was no amen there. No, because he's saying there's a sin that's not forgiven. It's blasphemy. And you go, oh, Ben, okay, hold up. This is heavy. What does it mean to blaspheme the Holy Spirit? Well, the word is to insult the work of the Holy Spirit that leads us into dangerous territory. He said, you can blaspheme the Son of Man, but don't blaspheme the Holy Spirit. You're like, wow. The fact that you're in church today means you probably have not blasphemed the Holy Spirit. That's good news. That's good news. Now, this is where we left Jesus. We left Jesus exhorting us that we as his disciples are his family. Do you remember that? You go, what do you mean? Well, Jesus is doing ministry, and they go, hey, Jesus, Jesus, your brothers and sisters, they're outside. They're wanting you. Now, you remember what they were doing there? They were coming, and they were going to do some sort of intervention because they thought he was cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. You understand that? They were like, oh, do you, this guy, he thinks he's God. Right? What would you do if, you're, if, you're, <laughs> if your older brother came home and said, by the way, I'm God. Uh, gather around, guys. We got to do something. Our brother's lost it. We need to do an intervention. Well, that's what they're doing, okay? 
Now, here's what happens. It says in verse 48 of the last chapter, and he said to them who were told to him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? He said, he stretched out his hand toward his disciples and said, here is my mother and here is my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brothers, my sister, and my mother. And he's saying to you and I, as disciples of the Lord, when we serve God, when we make a difference in our city, we are family. We are his, we are his mother. We are his brothers here. This is who we are. That's where we left Jesus. It was amazing. But now we pick up on a brand new study. Look at verse 1 and 2. It says, On the same day Jesus went out of the house and he sat by the sea. And a great multitudes were gathered together to him so that he got in a boat and he sat and the whole multitude stood on the seashore. Now, I think we have church wrong, don't you? Because I'm the one standing for 45 minutes. 45 minutes, Ben, you preach for more than that. Okay, don't judge. But you sit. Let's do it the other way. You all stand and I'll sit and we'll see how long you pay attention. Ben, where are you going? Never mind. Let's go back to the thing. So after a very long and stressful day, Jesus goes out to the sea. I love this because I was thinking, is this where, is this Peter's house? Because, because I've been to Peter's house in Israel and I've gone out and, and the sea is right there. And it's just like, wonder if Jesus was sitting right here. And he goes out by the sea and we sat there, guys. We sat and, and it's just beautiful. But the problem is now his fame is spreading throughout all the land of Israel, so much so that the crowds are coming. And, and, and so Jesus can't minister like this. So he says, you guys stay by the seashore. He gets them boat so he can, he can address them. He can see them. Okay? So multitudes and multitudes, there he is. He rows out on a boat. They're standing. He's sitting. And notice what he says in verse 13a. Then he spoke many things to them in parables. You guys see that? You need to know what a parable is, okay? The Greek translation is parable, okay? Para means to encircle or come alongside, okay? Bull is like with intensity. That's what it means, okay? So if it was, if it was carry bulls and, uh, it was intense. That's what your name means, by the way. It's intensity. He's not intense, is he? No. Okay. But here it is. Jesus is saying it's going to give a full image of what Jesus... He's going to illuminate Scripture. That's what it means. He's going to illuminate Scripture. Now, here's what you need to understand. It's been said that parables are used to get the crowd interested again. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Okay? It's the same thing as when when a pastor's teaching and... There's a large crowd, and they, it's been talking for a while, and it's hot, and, and they start to drift off a little bit. And they get on their phones, and they start to... Isn't that, didn't that happen? And, no, not with you guys. But, but the point is, he says, no, 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 come back. I'm going to tell you a story. Uh, if you're ever in Scripture, and you hear him say, come now, come now, it's like, come back, come back. Pay attention. He's gonna, he's gonna do that. But, but it's a story with real meaning behind it. Okay? So, it's been said too that a parable can be used in two ways. If you're taking note, we see it's a positive way to illustrate and open up what God is trying to teach us. You're like, oh, okay. 
What's our response? Well, positive, it could be conviction. Now, what you need to understand is conviction is good. Conviction is healthy. Conviction is growth. It's not guilt, it's conviction. It's like, hey, hey, as the scripture begins to read you, you start to go, oh, maybe I'm not, I'm not, maybe I'm failing in this area. Maybe I need to change. I need to repent. Okay, okay, okay. And so you have some, you have some, um, Conviction, you have some repentance. A lot of times it just simply could be reflection. Have you ever done that? Have you ever been in a Bible study or just reading your own word that you have to stop where you are and just reflect? And you're just like, okay, Lord, I understand. And then the guy behind you honks your horn because you're at the green light and hey, let's go. And you're like, oh, sorry, I gotta go. Okay, don't reflect on the lights, okay? Don't. But it's also can be used negative. Negative. Okay? In a way to hide the truth of God's word. Why? Well, jump down to verse 13 real quick. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. It says this. Jesus says, this is why I use these parables. Why? For they look, but they really don't see. They hear, but they really uh, don't listen or understand. Okay? So a lot of times he's using parables, and half the time people tune out, and then they walk away going, I don't know what he said. I was talking about dirt. Well, what did, what did Jesus say? Oh, no, it's farming. No, 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 no. He wants to speak to us. So he's going to speak to us in a parable. So here's what you need to write down if you're taking note. Which soil are you? Huh? Which soil are you? Let's jump into the text. Look at verse 3. Then he spoke many things in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. And when he sowed, he some, uh, sowed some seed fell by the wayside. And the birds came and devoured them. Now, here's what I want you to see. Jesus is actually going to give us the interpretation here a little bit later on. Okay, so let me just make some, let me just make some comments you understand, and then the Lord's gonna tell us what it means. You with me? Wayside, what does it mean? It's that hardened soil. Okay, when you would go out to sow seeds, there would be paths around, okay, so a farmer would know this. A farmer would go, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We call it a road. You understand? A road around the crops. Well, that would be hardened because it would be, it would be, you'd just go on it. And, and what had happened is that as, as it was a road, you'd kind of bounce a little bit and some seed would fall on that. It's called the wayside. You're like, oh, it's hard. The rains come. It's been, it's, it's like this. And he said, some fell by the wayside. So much so it didn't even go down that all of a sudden the birds are like, ah, lunch. And they'd scoop down and they'd eat the, the bird seed. They'd eat the seed. It's not bird seed, but it is bird seed. You understand. It's called by the wayside. It's hard. Very, very hard. That's what Jesus says. And then he goes, oh, by the way, some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth and immediately sprang up because it had no depth of the earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched. And because they had laid no root, they withered away. Okay. So he says, so so then you have some that have a little bit of earth. But to be honest with you, it's more like stones all the way around. It's real. It's real stony. It's real rocky. There's not a lot of root. So he threw some seed. What farmer would throw seed in the rocks? You go, not not many. Not many. It's rocky. 
Then Jesus looked at him, right? And so now they're getting intense, and they're saying, and he said, some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up, and it choked them. This is the soil that has, it's not that thorns grew up with it, you understand, but there were already thorns. Come on, somebody. When you see what Jesus says, you're going to go, it wasn't that thorns are like, oh, it was already, it was, it was, it was thorny, and they were already there. Question, what farmer would throw seed where there was already thorns and thistles? You go, there wouldn't be any. Now, remember, Israel's agricultural, so as he begins to speak, they know what they're talking about. And we know what they're talking about, okay? It's like me going, hey, a farmer went out to sow some cotton, and as he was throwing the cotton seed, he said, some fell by the wayside, over on the road. You guys would know exactly what we're talking about. You'd be like, oh, yeah, love a cotton, corn, whatever else we. And then he said this, but others fell on good ground. And it yielded, what, a crop, some 300, some 60, and some 30. Look at verse 9. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So my question is, how many of you have ears? You're like, we all have ears. You do, don't you? <laughs> um, that, that's not what he's saying. But here's what, here's what would catch your attention. You go, what's that? Verse 8. This would be kind of that eye-opening statement, and you go, why? For a farmer to yield a crop of 30, 60, or 100 is unthinkable. There's no way. They, they come in and really, I mean, if you produced one in eight, that would be amazing. But Jesus goes, hey, by the way, some fell and, he, and it fell on good ground and it produced a hundredfold. Every single seed that went in the ground produced. No way, Lord. No way. Because Melania depends on water, sunshine, I mean, elements, all of this stuff, cultivate. I mean, Jesus says, no, 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 no. So, so if you were a farmer, you're like, what? 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 Every single person right here would be, they would be wide-eyed in wonder, almost in disbelief, like, no way. Have you ever heard a story where you're just like, no, that's not true. You just disbelieve. That's why the Lord has to come back and interpret the, the parable. Because they're like, okay, now, now listen, listen, Lord, I'm, yes, if, if some seed fell by the wayside, I could see. It's hard. It's not going to go anywhere. The birds are going to come. Sure, I get that. And I understand stones, right? rocky places. It's not, it's, you're not going to get I understand thorns that are already there, thistles and weeds and such and the like. But, but that I can believe. But what I can't believe, what I can't believe is... That if I lay on good soil, I could get 30, 60, or 90 fold. And the Lord goes, okay, okay. Oh, by the way, he who has ears, let him hear. Now, what Jesus said right there is this is a spiritual thing, and it means listen up spiritually. Listen up spiritually. You've got to have open the ears of your heart, if you will. Open up the eyes of my heart. Let me see. This is a spiritual matter. Because if I said, hey, he who has ears, you would all look at me like I'm crazy because we all have ears. So he's saying, listen up, listen up. 
So what happens? Well, look at verse 10. And the disciples came and said to him, Lord, why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered and he said to them, Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to underline this. I want you to circle it. Do whatever you need to do. Highlight it. Because here's what I want you to see. This right here, what Jesus said, is a gift of God. It's a gift of God. You go, what do you mean? Guys, right here, understanding the word of God, understanding the parables is God-given gift to you, his disciples. It's a... (gasps) Now, let me just say this. You guys ready? If you're here today and you go, Ben, listen, I'm really struggling because I'm reading the word of God, but it's it's not really speaking to me. There are things as you grow that will be eventually speak to you that won't maybe not speak to you a year ago or two years ago. I have read certain passages in Scripture hundreds of times. And then one day it'll be like, that's what that means? Lord, forgive me, I didn't even see it. And I get the same thing from you. You guys will look at the word of God and you'll see the very same thing I see, but you go, where did you, I don't understand how you got that. That's amazing. It's a gift of God. It's God's gift to you. And what Jesus says right here is not everyone will actually want or grasp the meaning. There's parables that go, oh no. no. Why? Why? Because when we understand the word of God, what does it do? It, re- it produces responsibility. We have to do something, okay? Whether it's repentance, obedience, whatever it might be, we have to, we, oh, I understand this. What, now I've got to do something with it. I've got to do something. And that's why. We don't want to do anything. And this is why we go, okay, well, that's all right. Jesus is talking about farmers. That's okay. Hurry up, Ben. Let's move on. Look at verse 12. He says, for whoever has to him, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Therefore, because of this, he says, I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in them, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, hearing you will hear, and you shall not understand. A seeing you will see and not perceive. Why, Lord? For the hearts of these people have grown dull. The ears are hard of hearing. The eyes have closed. Lest should they see with their eyes and hear with their ears. Lest should they understand with their hearts and turn. So that I should heal them. Your attention, please. This is deep. Specifically in our area. Why? Because sometimes we have grown up in church and we have heard the same Bible stories over and over and over that we actually tune out. And so we have to take a moment to go, no, I want to read this, Lord, with fresh eyes and a fresh heart. I, 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 right, oh, I've, I've heard the parable. I've heard the par- I've heard the parable of the four soil. I've heard that, yeah. And so what happens is that you automatically, and so what he's doing, he's going, listen, listen, here's what, here's what we need to do. Every part of scripture that you read, 
You need to read with a fresh heart. Lord, what do you want to show me today? If we get in the attitude, oh, well, I've read that 18 times. Then he goes, you're, you're going to just be like that. Your hearts, are, your hearts have grown dull. Your hearts are going to go. When we come to church and we don't have the attitude, God, you need to show me something. I want to learn from you. Then we're going to miss all, all that it is. All that it is. Let me say this. Let me say this. I think that when it comes to church and the fellowship and the gathering and Sunday morning and Wednesday night in prayer meeting, we should have a hunger and an excitement to come. We've lost that loving feeling, haven't we? We used to be so excited to do all kinds of other stuff. We used to do excited. We, man, if you were, if it was your BC days and you were going out, you would be excited. Right? You're going out to the, you were excited. Let's go. You man, you start getting ready and, and then, but now that you're saved, it's like, oh, church. No, it's not raining. Okay. Well, who's preaching? Yeah. Huh. I think it should be the other way around. I think we should go, oh, we need to go to church. I'm going to go early. I'm going to visit. Who am I get to see? Who can I minister to? I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. And come up and just be excited. Just be excited. We've lost, our, our hearts have grown dull. Our hearts have grown dull. And we come in and we, oh, I've been to church. I've been to church. How was church today? Do me a favor. This week, the people you went into, if they if they go to a different church, just ask them. Just not don't. Hey, what'd you learn? What'd you learn? Well, uh, I used to do that all the time. I used to go into the bank. Hey, how was church? Oh, it was wonderful. What'd you learn? Deer in the headlights. Well, I know they were preaching the Bible. Good, good. That's always good. But I don't want my heart to grow dull, especially in the Word of God. But if I'm being honest in church, there are times that it has. And our quiet times do that. They become, they become just something that we do. Our, our prayer times are that. Okay, God, I'm going to pray. I hope you answer. I'm not putting a whole lot of stock in it. Guys, look at what Jesus said. The hearts of these people had hardened. And their ears, they cannot hear anymore. And they can't see. What is Jesus teaching us? He's teaching us that we need to repent. Maybe today... Maybe today you've come into church, maybe you're watching online, and, and your heart is a little bit hardened. You've been, you've been serving God, you've been reading His Word for so long that you don't have that fresh, new excitement to the Lord. I don't want to have a dull heart, guys. I don't want to have, I don't want to have, uh, incapable, if you will, of understanding, or faith means nothing. 
Oftentimes, we can have what we call fatalistic theology. Do you know what fatalistic theology is? Fatalistic theology goes, well, God's going to do it anyway. It doesn't matter if I pray or whatever, or if I have that faith and God's God. He's in charge of the whole show. Forget it. I just, I'm just going to show, I'm, I'm going to be a bench warmer. Go team. When God's going, dude, get in the game. It's time to get in the game. Let's go. I, I don't want to have a, a dull, you know, my heart's that grown dull. I don't want to have eyes that are closed. See, they chose to what? To close their eyes. In 2022, let's set our hearts on a pilgrimage towards God. Let's, let's, let's set our hearts on that. Let's read the word with, Lord, Lord, ah, give me an excitement for your word. Give me an understanding for your word. Lord, I... ah, ah. Give me a love for worship. Give me a love for music. Give me a love... Lord, that's what I want. I used to pray for years upon years, Lord, give me a hunger for your word, a deeper hunger for your word. I'll tell you why. Because I'll go home at times. Okay, now you're going to leave me up here, I understand. I'll go home at times, and I could read the word, or I could watch TV, and a lot of times I click. And two, and three, and four, and five, and six hours will go by, and you'll read TV, and, and, and you'll watch TV, and you'll be like, I went to Calvary Chapel this morning, and the pastor got mad at me for watching TV. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, I want a deeper hunger for his, for his word. There's nothing wrong with watching TV, but I want a, I want a greater hunger to, to know his word. And not only, you ready? You ready? Not only do I want to read the word of God, you ready? I want the word of God to read me. Because I've got, I've, I've got a long way to go. I've got a long way to go. And I want to draw closer to God. And I want to just, I want to know. Listen, I don't want to just quote scripture. Hey, how you doing? Brave. First Thessalonians, you know. I, I want to know this. I want to, I want to know this. Verse 16. We've got to move. But blessed are your eyes, Jesus says. They see. And your ears, for they hear. For surely I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desire to see what you see and did not see it, and hear what you hear, and did not hear it. Can you imagine? This is exactly what he said. The prophets of the day were going, they're writing stuff down under the power of the Holy Spirit, but they didn't understand what they were writing. And they're like, oh, I wonder what this means. Oh, I can't see it. Oh, Lord, give illuminate me. But he says, but you guys, you see it? You see it? You're blessed. Not only that, let me read it again. But blessed are your eyes to see and your ears to hear. You ready? Jesus is coming back soon. Blessed are your eyes to see it. Well, Jesus has been, people have been saying that since 19... The world has never been as ripe as it is right now. You're going to see it if you're right with God. If you're right with God. 
If you've been in a fully devoted follower, you're going to see that. Do you realize that many of the people in, they, 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 Paul wrote about the rapture. He wrote about the harpazo, but he didn't see it. Blessed are you. Can you imagine? The harpazo, the rapture, that's that, Lord, that's a snatching. Me? No, not me. Those guys? Okay. You understand. That should light excitement in our lives. To do what? Okay, you ready? Because the Lord Jesus is coming back, would you guys let the drama go? Let's let the drama go. Let's focus on loving each other. As a matter of fact, you know what David told us? David said, he said, you know what? I rejoice, I delight in the saints of the earth. He says, he says guys, get along. Enjoy each other. That's what we should do. That's what we should do. Do you realize, do you realize in our text, the condition of the people's heart made it necessary for Christ to use parables? I was like, wow. So what does he do? He actually quotes Isaiah, chapter 6, 9 through 10. And he has to explain that he's using parables because their hearts, their ears, their eyes had become dull, hard, and blind. And by using parables, he was exciting the curiosity of the concerned to those who really wanted to know the truth. But he was also hiding the truth from the rebellious. The parables didn't keep people from learning the truth. Rather, the parables excited their interest and encouraged them to learn. So now they're going, okay, so, so what is it? So what does Jesus do? He says, hey, which soil are you? Which soil are you? Well, now you've got me. Now, okay, now I'm intrigued, Lord. So he says, therefore, verse 18, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, okay, then the wicked one comes out, uh, the wicked one comes and snatches it away, what was sown on the heart. This is he who received by the wayside, okay? So, your heart, guys, is a wayward, it's a wayside heart that's very hard, Okay? Now, I'm going to read it, and then we'll come back and we'll do some work. But he who received the stone on, or the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yay! Yet has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Oh. Now he who receives the seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke out the word and he becomes unfruitful. But he who receives the seed on good ground is he who hears the word, understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some, what, hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Jesus just gave us the interpretation. So, here's my question. What kind of soil do you have? You go, Ben, ask it a better way. What is the soil of your heart? You go, what do you mean? Is it a, way, is, is it a wayside heart? Some fell by the wayside? Is it hard? Is it a stony heart? Is it a heart of thorns, or is it good ground? You go, well, what do you mean? Okay, 
A wayside heart. Guess it, check this out. A wayside heart is the one who's here today, hears the word, but it doesn't penetrate the soil of the heart. You go, what do you mean? By the time you get in the car, the worship and the message is gone. It's gone. So, so your wife looks at you and goes, sweetie, what did you think of the message? And you're like, where do you want to eat? Uh, wasn't that a great message? The Cowboys won last night, right? They, who do they play? Let's get home because there's a double. It's gone. And by the time you reach the street, guys, the enemy has come and he snatched out the word. This, this guy concerns me. You see, the word is sown and people hear, but nothing happens. So what happens? Hey, sweetie, do you want to go to church? Uh, you know, I really didn't dig what he was saying. I really wasn't in tune with what, what that pastor said. How about, let's, let's, well, sweetie, we can try another church. Yeah. I'll tell you what, sweetie, you go, you take the kids and you go, and if you find one you like, then let me know and then I'll go. Mm. Got quiet in here. That's a wayside heart. That's a wayside heart. I don't care how good of an evangelist you are, that's a wayside heart. As many people came in up front when Billy Graham gave an invitation, there were many people who didn't. What about the stony heart? Well, notice with me the phrase, they have no root in themselves. Do you see that? These are people who are not sure of the choice they made. They first receive it with joy. Hey, you want to give your life? Yes! Amen! But then tribulation happens, okay? But the, the tribulation is a general term for suffering. You could write that down. And it comes from outside persecution, which is deliberately inflicted and usually implies a religious motive. So it's not just tribulation. It's not like, well, you know, my check was supposed to be here last week and it did, and I'm under tribulation. I should have given my life to Jesus. It's not what it says. It says there's actually people who are attacking you. You did what? You gave your life what? That's not what we do in our family. We have been tradition, and you just, I mean, I mean, things like that. Guys, think about it. the suffering of, I mean, think about it. Persecution. Hey, I was going to give you a promotion, but you did what? You gave your life to the Lord. Well, I don't want some, you know, religious freak on my team and fanatic. No. You start getting persecuted. Well, but I'm, I'm the one qualified. Well, yeah, but this person's better. Lord, why didn't I get the job? And so what happens, guys, is he says this. You hear it, you respond with joy and excitement, and then what happens is you go, oh, no, 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 that's not for me. I'm not going to give my life to the Lord. I... This is why we say we have so many people come forward. They'll stand right here. They'll give their lives to Jesus. And what happens, guys, is eventually you go, well, I guess it didn't take. <laughs> I guess it did No, it's just that the tribulations of life and everything have just 
and they walk away from God. Do you know anybody like that? And what what do they always say? I've got to get back to church. Do you remember that? I've got to get back to church. That's their thing. I've got to get back. They have to get back because they've walked away from him. That's what Jesus is saying. He says, now the third is a a thorny heart. A thorny heart. Two events that choke out the word. You guys ready? Number one, the cares of this world. Literally, the distractions of the age. Like what? Money, cars, clothes, pleasure. Any of that is a distraction. Any of that. And the deceitfulness of riches. Not only can money and material possessions not satisfy the desire of the heart or bring a lasting happiness, they deceitfully promise, but they also bind those who pursue them eternal and spiritual concerns. So what happens? Remember, the thorns are already there. You threw seed and... I really want to give my life. I, I really want to give my life to God. But man, I've got, I've got goals. I've, I need to pursue my. You understand? You understand? I'm going to be a millionaire by whatever age, and I want it, and and all of this stuff, and it chokes out the word. That's what Jesus said. That's what Jesus said. That said, guys, the cares of this world. The cares of this world. Now, you're looking at me like I'm crazy, but let's be honest. Every one of us thinks from time to time, boy, I wish I had a little bit more money. Boy, I wish I made a little bit more money. You know what I would do with a little bit more money? I could do this, this, and this. But what God wants us to do, guys, is he wants us to be totally satisfied and content in who he is and and follow him with all of his heart, and he'll bless you. He'll bless you. And if that means more money at your job, amen. But he gives us more money out of our job so that we can be a greater resource to helping other people, not for our own pleasure. We forget that. We forget that. The deceitfulness of riches, it's deceitful. It's not going to satisfy. And he says that's what's going to choke out the word of God. But there's a fourth. He says, man, you've got good ground. These are the people that accept it. They understand it. They obey it. God opens their mind and their heart and transforms their life. And as a result, you guys ready? They produce spiritual fruit. That's key. That's key. Okay? You have to produce fruit. So what happens is when you heard the gospel and your heart began to boom, 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 and you go, Lord, I don't know if I'm saved. I don't, I don't know if I'm saved. Okay. And pastor gives an invitation and you say yes to Jesus and all of a sudden, man, you're producing fruit. You're producing fruit. And you're like, oh. and he says, some of your fruit's going to be a hundredfold, some of it's going to be 60, some of it's going to be 30, but you're producing fruit. In every scenario that Jesus pointed out, I want you to think about something. Let me stand over here because it's my opinion. I don't, I'm just giving you my opinion, okay? Just as my opinion, I'm off to the side here. In every scenario, every story, 
the seed, the word of God that fell by the wayside, let me ask you a question. I just want you to think about it. Was that person saved? Now, you don't have to answer. Just think. Oh, no, Ben, you said the birds came and got it. In the second scenario, was that person saved? The word of God fell, and there was stony ground, and there didn't, it didn't come up or everything. You know what? I mean, tribulation, and they, it, it, it seems to indicate that they walked away from God. The third was thorns, and they, and they sowed in the heart that had thorns, but had a, seemed like it already had, what, the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches in it. They were already pursuing that. Is that person saved? You're like, Ben, I don't know. Just my opinion. I want you to think this through this week. Because Jesus told us on the fourth, he told us what? That you know a true, you know a tree by the fruit it produces. A bad tree can produce good fruit and a good tree can produce bad fruit. You will know them by their fruit. So the fourth person, when you guys are here, you're going, that person saved and producing fruit. Now, just my, everybody got it in their head? They're thinking about it? Okay, why is that important? Because, because now I'm going to flip it and show you something interesting. Okay? Because when it comes to spiritual fruit, let's take a look at these last verses. Look at verse 24. Another parable he put forth to them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in a field. Now, all of a sudden, they're going, I get it. But while men slept, the enemy came in and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. Everybody see that? So the servants of the owner came and said, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then... Does it have, how does it have tares? And he said to them, an enemy has done this. The servant said to him, do you want us to then go and gather them up? And he said, no, lest while you gather the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather the tares and bind them into bundles and burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. Wow. You go, why is that important? Because in the midst of a parable, Jesus tells another parable, but he actually points out who the enemy was. Remember the birds came and took the, he says, listen, guess what? The farmer, he went out to sow seed. An enemy came in, ugly, awful men came in, and they, they threw in some tares. You go, what's the difference? Here's what you want to do. Circle the word for tares. You can write next to it. It's called a bearded darnel. A bearded darnel. You go, that's what it means? Yeah. And what it really means, it's fake wheat. It's fake wheat. It looks like wheat. It, 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 this, is, this is what it is. See, the Greek word here refers to having the kind of weed, listen to me, that resembles wheat, until both reach maturity. What? What? Here's what Jesus is teaching. He said, in the church, in the church, there's going to be wheat, and there's going to be tares. Now, don't be looking around at people going, I think that's a tear over there. I think that's a tear. <laughs> 
right? We, we put on our secret sin sniffers. I think, yep, that's a, that's a tear. Doesn't smell like wheat. Mm-mm. They grow together. Listen, this is the person that comes to church. This is the person that, I mean, you think, wow, this, this dude's dedicated, this person. But he's not wheat. How do you know? How do you know? Let me tell you this, okay? When both reach maturity, okay, here's what happens. When wheat begins to mature and produces fruit, come on, somebody, they bow down. When a bearded Darnell reaches maturity, it stands straight up. That's how you know the difference. As you grow in Christ, every one of you, as you come to church, as you begin to grow, eventually as you bear, as you bear fruit, some 30, some 60, some 100, you'll realize it's the Lord and you'll begin to bow to him. And somebody will say, wow, what a great ministry. Wow, what an excellent drummer you are. And, she, and he goes, praise God, it's not me. I took what the enemy, the enemy taught me in my BC days to play the drums. I'm taking it and I'm blessing God. Do you see that? You see that? We're, 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 wow. What an amazing Bible study. Wow. You're a gifted pastor. Amen. I don't know what God would do without me. That's a Darnell, is it not? It's pride. It's like, no, no. See, listen, the closer you and I walk with Jesus, the more we realize it's him. Oh, here's the fruit. Here's the fruit, Lord. And people pat you on the back. Wow, that was wonderful. Praise God. And, and we do it sincerely. You're right, right? We're, we're not talking about the false humility, right? Well, that was really good what you did. Well, praise God. I'm so humble. I wish more people were like me because I'm so humble. That's fake humility, right? That's a, that's a bearded Darnell because you can see the pride. Really, reality is you come in and you're broken and you know your need for Christ. And as you bear fruit, you realize it's him. It's him. So how, how did you do that? How, how was that? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. But it's other fruit. It's other fruit. It's other fruit. It's other fruit like visiting folks in the hospital. It's just fruit. Why, do, why would you want to do that? Because, because I love God. And the more you do, it's just the fruit. And this is what Jesus is saying. And he's saying, listen, they're in the church now. But here's what I love. Guys, here's what I love about tares. You guys ready? Even though they're tares, the, word, the Bible tells me that the word of God doesn't return void. So if they're coming to church, don't pluck them out. You're a tear. You're a tear. You're, look, you're not even saved. I just keep giving them the word of God and praying that one day it will penetrate. And I've heard stories where people who have been in church for 10, 15, 20 years, and everybody in the church thinks they're saved. They get up and they walk forward one day, and the pastor's looking at him like, what are you doing here? And he says, Pastor, you know what? I've been coming to this church for 15 years, and I've never been saved until today. I get it. I get it. And I pray that the reign of the Word of God will eventually 
soften the wayside hardness that they would hear the word of God. And if they go outside and they're in the car and they go, I don't know what the, that they would be wise enough to not let the birds come and steal it, but be pondering it throughout the week. You know, I don't, I don't like what pastor said. He, I, he said I wasn't saved, but, but you're thinking about it. You're thinking about it. You're thinking about it. You're thinking about it. And we'll let the word of God does what he did. That's, that's what Jesus is saying. Now, as we close, as we close, my concern, my concern as a pastor, as we are in these last days, I guess the question is, what soil are you? See, throughout the Bible study, you're going, uh, am, oh, Lord, could I, could I, could I be a wayside soil? Oh, Lord, could I be a... Could I, could I be a stony soil? Maybe my, my heart, thorn, 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 there's thorns in my... Or maybe you're here and you're going, man, I, I've got good soil. I love Jesus. I'll follow him. Let me say this to you, okay? And then I'm going to give you an opportunity. What's that? The Word of God will do what the condition of the heart will allow. The Word of God will do what the condition of the heart will allow. That's it. That's it. God's not going to come down and force Himself on you and say, you have to accept. Here's the Word of God. Have you put your faith and trust in Jesus? Do you know that if that trumpet were to sound right now, that you would be with him in heaven. If you're here today and you go, Pastor, I don't know, well, then here's the thing. Let the word of God knock on your heart and come in and save you. You go, what do I have to do? In a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do what? To surrender your life, to open up your heart and say yes to him. So does that mean I joined this church? No, it's not about joining the church. It's about joining the family of God. That's what it's about. If you hear his word, don't harden your heart. Open up your heart to him today and say yes. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for your word and the truth in your word. We thank you for your great love for us. Lord, right now, this is the most important time in our Bible study. as your precious Holy Spirit begins to move on the hearts of your people to bring them into the family, I ask that you would bind any birds, any wayside hearts right now, that they would come and surrender to you. I would ask God that you would break up any stones that is hindering the people from walking close to you. And I would pray, Lord Jesus, that you would just thresh the thorns out of the way and allow the word of God to sprout up in grapefruit. We have to be willing, Lord. And that's my prayer. With every heart closed, I mean every eye closed and every head bowed, how many of you today the Lord was speaking to, and you feel like you need to surrender to God. You're saying, you know what, you were, Pastor, you were talking to me, 
And I've heard this message, I've heard the story before, but man, today I need to surrender my life to God. I want to, Ben, once and for all, once and for all say yes to him. If that's you, today's your day. And I don't know if you're watching online and maybe, maybe you've just clicked through Facebook and you see it and you're just, you're, you, the parable has got you intrigued, but maybe today you want to say yes to him. This is the most important time. So if you're here in our building or you're watching online, all you have to do right now is just acknowledge the Lord, lift up your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. I want Jesus. I want to surrender my life completely to him right now. I I'm him. I want to be in him. I, I, I want to be. So would you do that right now? If God is moving in your heart right now and you have not ever surrendered your life completely, maybe today's your day. If you're watching online and you just lift up your hand, God can see you. And if you lift up your hand, all you have to do is say, Lord, I want the soil of my heart to be good. Would you come into my life? Would you forgive me of my sin, God? I can't do it without you. I have messed up so much up until now, but today I realize that you are the Savior of the world. You are the Son of God, and I'm asking you to come into my heart and to be my Lord and my God. I'm asking you to be my Savior and be my friend. I believe you died on the cross for me, Jesus. I believe you died, you were buried, and you resurrected. I believe that one day, soon and very soon, you're going to come back. And I want to be i want to be in that number, Lord. I want to be in the family. So come into my heart, save me, Lord Jesus. I ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, you know what? Just... Just make a comment on Facebook, click, call us, whatever you need to do. But we want to walk with you. So may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Let's worship. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to hear from you and see you in person at the church. You can find our contact information, location, and even give a donation at calvarychapellubbock.church. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Until then, may God bless you and your family.